to somebody and tell them to wear your money to listen to you. Tell them to wear your good looks to listen to you. Good morning, my brothers and my sisters. That's Bishop Leonard Scott. We sing gospel great hymns, and the choir was singing, Love Lifted Me. And yes, indeed, it was love that lifted all of us, for we were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. So we greet you this morning. This is Pastor Dr. Willie L. Patterson III, pastor of the Redeemed Community Church, located at 6254 House Ferry Road in Mobile, Alabama. We're so grateful that you tune in to another Saturday morning broadcast coming by way of our Redeemed Outreach Ministry. And we certainly pray that this ministry is blessing you. And we would love to hear from you at Redeemed Comcast. Redeem, I'm sorry, redeem at mobile, redeem at mobile.comcast.net, redeemed mobile at comcast.net. Let us hear from you if you don't mind. Now, just a few announcements, then we shall really get into this word this morning, because this is one that was in my spirit as we completed our first part of our Bible study for this season. Uh, my brothers and my sisters, let me just say a couple of things today. We have the big football game in Mobile, Alabama, between Alabama A&M and Jackson State. Because uh, Jackson State's got the prime time, Deion Sanders is their coach, and the city is full. Been busy all weekend in Mobile. The crowds are here to see this game, and, of course, they love Deion Sanders. The game starts at 4 p.m. The church bus will leave at 1.30 because we're expecting heavy traffic. So if you're riding the bus, Please be there. One third of the bus shall leave headed to the ball game. There'll be great tailgating. And as I told you all on Sunday, last Sunday in church, that the Phi Beta Sigma and Zeta Phi Beta Sorority will offer you free food at their tailgate, compliments of Deacon and Sister Moore. So go by their tailgate and get you a, a bite. If you come by our tailgate at Alphas, you got to pay. If you go by Alabama A&M's tailgate, it's $10. Our tailgate is 15 So find a place that you can eat and enjoy yourself before the game. I uh, expect to have a great time today. But poor for the Bulldogs. Um, now, as we get ready for this message, I want to frame this message in such a way that we understand that oftentimes, my brothers and my sisters, we are saddled by guilt. As a result of the sin we may have committed. And, and so consequently, we find ourselves 
sorrow and then and suffering in a way of what we call guilt and shame that prolongs the healing process, the deliverance, the breakthrough through Jesus Christ. There's something about God's people that believe that they must go through some process that's bigger than what God has already taken his son through. So we hope this message would help you today so that you begin to understand guilt, but also the joy of forgiveness. Uh, Our scripture this morning Two or three different verses this morning. Psalms 32, we shall deal with it as we move through this message. But I want to read 1 John 1, 8 through 10. And I'm in the New King James Bible uh, today. And it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we Confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The joy of forgiveness, my brothers and sisters. Oh, love lifted me. Love lifted you. Oh, my brothers and sisters, what a what a song to remind us, what a hymn to remind us that we all were sinking deep in sin. And and one thing I I, I can attest to is that so often we find ourselves going into what I call the guilt trap. So I was reading a devotion. um, uh, Dr. Charles Stanley is one of my devotion I read daily. And Dr. Stanley talked about guilt. He says guilt overdoing something that violates the conscience is good. The Lord designed feelings of culpability and regret to serve as a reminder that we've done wrong and need to repent. In fact, my brothers and my sisters, without a sense of guilt, we would never recognize that we're sinners in need of a savior. And after salvation, guilt is the way the Lord shows us we're on the wrong path so we can turn back to him in obedience. Now, many in our culture claim that all guilt is bad, but that's not the case. When you feel this pains, you probably know exactly what you did to set off your conscience. The proper response is to come to the Lord in repentance, as David did, as we shall deal with David in the 32nd number of Psalms in just a minute. Delay would likely mean feeling God's heavy hand upon you. But with confession, your sins are forgiven. Your guilt is gone. And the joy of our salvation returns. An amazing side effect of confronting guilt in this way is a willingness to be open about your struggles and failures. Through your experiences, you can show others who are burdened with shame how they, too, 
can be set free and experience God's peace and joy. I had a conversation with a Christian friend of mine whom I love dearly. She's deep into the word. She and I were just sharing on this past Friday. And I asked the question. So what would happen if a pastor stood in the pulpit and said, church, I need you to pray for me. Um, I, I, I struggle with sin A or sin B or sin C, whatever the case may be. How would the church respond if you had a transparent pastor that says, just like you, I have a sin nature that still resides in me. And every now and then. It, it, it rises up and, and, and shows the ugliness that still occupies my body. Uh, we laughed and said perhaps people would leave the church. Or perhaps some would understand what the word says. Uh, when a brother is overtaken in a fault, ye he or spiritual restore him. And, and we go in the spirit of meekness called Jesus says to us, lest you find yourself um, in the same predicament. Don't forget that you all, we all have a sin nature. It's called the flesh. And so when we understand guilt and where it comes from and the shame that, that, that comes with guilt, uh, when we labor in that place called guilt and shame, we, we find ourselves struggling to get back in communication or what we call fellowship with the Lord. Uh, Deacon Tucker in our Bible study, we, we, we expressed this very well last Wednesday, is that oftentimes we, we believe the relationship is broken when we sin. It's not the relationship, my brothers and sisters, it's the fellowship. I don't care how much my children did, and they did a lot growing up. They, they, they sinned just like I sinned as a child. My, my mother's love for me was unwavering. She was disappointed in my behavior as I was with my children. So we sometimes didn't talk for a little while. But once we got it right, the fellowship resumed. And so so it is with God the Father. If we can get that fellowship restored as a child of God, we must confess. And so that we can walk in, in, in victory, knowing that this war that we face daily, uh, the flesh, the flesh wants to reign. And when the flesh does its deeds. It wants to saddle you with guilt and shame. But there's a way back, as we saw, um, as we read First John. So let's look at David. We know this story. David struggled. David's eyes got the best of him with Bathsheba. And, and he tried to cover it up by bringing her husband home from war and getting them drunk, hoping he would go sleep with his wife so that when the pregnancy is announced, that David would declare that that's his child, uh, Uriah, not his. But it, it backfired. And so David took that sin to another level where he had him killed in battle. But God uh, dealt with David. And David says to us, and the first thing we understand, David starts this psalm by saying, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Translation, the word blessed, happy. Happy is the man. And you think about it, my brothers and sisters. Oh, great joy. When we do what First John 8 through 10 tells us to do, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us 
uh, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the problem with us is, is our unwillingness to confess and come clean. And see, David struggled with confessing and, and coming clean. Uh, but when he when he was confronted by Nathan the prophet, and even in the confrontation uh, moment when 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 the prophet gave a a story, David couldn't see himself. And oftentimes we can't see ourselves because we can see the sins of others, and and you know we 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 don't see what's in our eyes the big plank, but we can see the shortcomings of others. So nevertheless, when Nathan was done, he said, "David, you are the man." And he told him his sins. And, and here's another point. We must never forget, my brothers and sisters, we can hide from man. But the Bible teaches that God sits high and sits, sits and he, listen, he sees evil. He sees good. That which is done in the dark still comes to the light. We can lie and lie and deceive, deceive. But after a while, the child of God gets saddled with guilt. Because if you're a true child of God, the, the, the healthy guilt that we need is, is to cause our conscience, our, our, our conscience to really say, now you need to get this right with God. Um, you need to confess your sin. And so David says to us, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. And, and I remember uh, some sins that I committed. And I, I was sharing with my friend that I consider some of them pretty hefty, if you will. And, and, and a couple, two or three of them weighed heavily on me for an extended period of time in my life. And I just couldn't let go of the guilt and the shame. But yet I was in church and I've heard the word. And, and but somehow or another between hearing the word and hearing the preachers that preach condemnation. Uh, week in and week out, I just felt I need to hold on to that guilt, hold on to that shame. But oh, thanks be to God. When I started studying the word for myself and, and really getting around people that really want to study and examine the word, I got set free from that guilt and that shame. And, and so, brothers and sisters, holding on and being silent out of fear of what man will say or uh, how the church will judge you uh, or what community will say about you, how your family will respond. Those are no reasons to hold that stuff in and cause yourself to suffer. And so we, he says, I kept silent. I kept silent. He said, but, but, but day and night, David says, your hand was heavy upon me. A child of God will feel the heavy hand of God on him or her, especially when you know you've done wrong. You've not confessed that sin. God will not let us rest because we claim ourselves to be a child of God and we are God's children. We sometimes don't feel like we're God's child because of the deeds we've done in this body, the deception that we we, we have done uh, with this body, with this tongue, the line, the deceit, the, the things that are not pleasing in God's sight. And so we find ourselves wrestling with, that's a good word, pastor, wrestling with guilt, wrestling with shame. And, and, and it won't let you go uh, because you say, let me go. We've got to do what the word of God tells us to do. So we wrestle. And when you wrestle, 
with sin and guilt and the residual effects for an extended period of time, you find yourself perhaps, if you're not prayerful, fall into a place of depression, a place of isolation. And, and oftentimes people that do this tend to want to leave the church because the church reminds them of their sin. But a real church that, 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 that loves the Lord and understands Jesus Christ will not leave you in a place of what I call condemnation. We don't do that. We, we, we want God's people to get up. As we often say, fess up and get up. So he said, I kept silent. But your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. But then watch the transition. David says, I acknowledge my sin to you. I acknowledge my sin to you, God. And it's so important that we understand that I know the church teaches public sin and private sin. And and one of the teachers of the church is a public sin needs to be publicly confessed in God's house uh, because you brought shame to the body of believers. Nevertheless, the most important acknowledgement and confession is to God through Jesus Christ. David said, I acknowledge my sin to you. And my iniquity, I have not hidden. Listen to what David said. When he finally got tired of being weighed down with the heavy hand of God on him, he said, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. When we get to that place, we were tired of beating ourselves up. We were tired of playing the record over and over and saying, what was I thinking? I wish I hadn't done that. Uh, My my mind got, my, my mental state left me. I let the flesh get the best of me. See, my brothers and sisters, when we go there, we go there, we start giving ourselves too much power, too much credit for the ability to to conquer sin. We cannot conquer sin of our own strength. It takes God, the Holy Spirit, to convict us uh, so that we don't do the things that the flesh desires. But 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 this war, this constant battle between sin and and, and the flesh versus your spirit man, it, it, it will continue. Because God did not remove that flesh from us while on this side. When we reach the other side, all this glorified body will no longer be in a wrestling match, if you will. We'll no longer be in a struggle. And so David said, I confess my transgressions to the Lord. What, what, what are you saddled with? What guilt is weighing you down? Perhaps you had an abortion as a young lady or a young man. You paid for an abortion. Perhaps you did something more vile than that. Perhaps you may have murdered somebody uh, when you were young or robbed somebody or, or slept with another man's wife. Whatever the case may be, those sins are pardonable. They can be confessed. He said, I confess, David committed adultery and murder. He said, I confess. And then Psalms 32, this verse 5, he said, and you forgave the iniquity 
of my sin. Now, brothers and sisters, if we can ever get past the idea that we're perfect, we don't mess up once we are saved. Our walk is perfect. When we stop believing that bad doctrinal teaching and recognize, as, as Dr. Stanley says, that after salvation, Guilt is the way the Lord shows us we're on the wrong path. So even after salvation, even if we're saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled, the flesh continues to stir up and raise its ugly head. Let me say it like this. And I've often confessed this because I know me. I know Pastor Patterson. We endure the sins that we enjoy. So I, I was listening to Joel Osteen the other day. He said, there's no big victory in conquering the simple things of life in terms of your temptations. Uh, it, it's when you go after that, that giant, that boulder, the thing that really has a hold on you, it has a grip on you. And so I, I used to tell my church, and I would be very serious when I would say this, that I know my appetite. I know my sin appetite. You know your sin appetite. And guess what? Satan knows your sin sin appetite and so 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 when you know what turns you on that's the one you gotta face that's the goliath that you must conquer and it requires a lot of power in the holy spirit and and persevering in prayer and seeking god's hand when when when, when, when that sin nature that 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 really rocks your world turns you on in the flesh uh tries to come in Let's not kid ourselves. That's why AA uh, tells an alcoholic they can never take another drink because that taste is not gone. So the fight continues. The struggle continues. We, we must be honest with ourselves and with God. God, I struggle with ABC. God already knows this. Now, God, I need your help in hand. I need you to strengthen me, God. I know your words say for every temptation, you provide a way of escape. God, help me to, to, as my pastor said in Maryland, see the sin that I love smelling like the junkyard, the dump, if you will. Until that sin, the nostril, the aroma that hits your nose still has a sweet aroma, you'll continue to struggle with it. And so, brothers and sisters, David says, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. All this guilt and shame that we allow to bombard us and cause us not to feel the joy of our salvation is because we don't want to confess. When we choose not to confess and you're God's child and God has a purpose for your life, he will put his hand on you. And, and, and your bones, your bones, you'll be groaning. You'll grow old. As a matter of fact, David said, I grew old. My bones grew old. Listen, this, this is a critical point here, my brothers and sisters. Oftentimes, we start aging because we got unconfessed sin. Uh, we're worried that somebody's going to find out about that deed I did. We're worried and concerned that society may flip 
on men. There have been people that ran for president and their sins were uncovered. And because who we are in our natural, who we are in the flesh, we judge harshly and they have to rescind their candidacy for president of the United States. And so I often say, if you just be honest, that you messed up in your life. But you fessed up, you got it right with God, you got it right with your family. Then, then, then this, 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 this hidden sin thing that we often try to hide from man and missing the point that it doesn't matter what man knows or man think they know. It, it, it's what God knows and what God sees. And so David concludes that, God, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with Songs of deliverance. And listen to the song. Listen to what David said. He says, uh, God, I will instruct you. This is God speaking that in David. As David writes this, this hymn in this song. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not. Come near you. Then David, when he's through with that part of this song, he says, many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Oh, thank God for mercy. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. He says, and shout for joy. All you upright in heart. As we close this message, just like you, I've dealt with guilt and I've dealt with shame. I allowed it to take me captive. I allowed it to cause me to feel less worthy. I allowed it to cause me to be angry with myself. And that frustration spilled over in my life. The happy feelings that come with being a child of God was dissipating because I was saddled with guilt and shame. But brothers and sisters, when I confess and sought the forgiveness of God, I could read Romans 8 and 1, New King James. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And so I started questioning my walk. And my walk had changed. I, I, I was no longer pursuing the things of the world, but I found myself struggling with sin. I, I call those strongholds, if you will. The sin nature was still there. I, 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 I couldn't understand why I still had the desire. I still had that, that, that sin appetite inside of me. When I understood that there's a struggle, there's a battle, and, and, and David David expressed himself well here, but then I heard what Paul said. Paul said, I die daily. And so I must crucify the flesh daily. The day I don't crucify the flesh is the day I act out in the flesh. When, when the spirit man is on my radar, 
that day. When the spirit of God is resting and ruling and binding my thoughts and, and, and every move I make looks like Christ is leading me. Then I, I'm, I am more than a conqueror on that day. But brothers and sisters, don't fool yourself. When, when, when we fail to crucify the flesh, uh, we're, we're asking for trouble because the flesh man wants some good time. The flesh man wants to take you back in time and, and be a woman, be a man. That flesh is still there. So brothers and sisters, crucify your flesh. Don't let guilt saddle you and cause you uh, to feel less than God's child. And, and remember this. As, as my deacon often say, you may not always feel saved. It's not a feeling, my brothers and sisters. It's a knowing. And, and, and when that feeling of guilt rises, be honest with yourself. That I got some unconfessed sin I must take to the Lord. Because God says love lifted us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Go to the rock. Confess. And the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Until next Saturday, this has been the Redeemed Community Church. Located at 6254 House Ferry Road in Mobile, Alabama. God bless you until next Saturday.